the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Today is a good day to pray for your country. Don't you think so? I think so. It's always a good day to pray for your country. We're instructed to do that, to pray for our leaders in the Scriptures. It's something that Christians should do and be known for. And, you know, you pray for leaders, whoever they are. You don't get to pray for just the ones you like. You pray for them all. And, uh, you know, I think you can be creative with your prayers. I think you can pray for a president that you don't like and pray that he's that you should pray that he is the most wise, God-fearing president or that he becomes that ever. And you can also pray that he doesn't get reelected, that he gets, you know, you can pray that. But you got to pray for our leaders because the Bible says so. And the reason is, is because what we're really about as Christians is people coming to the Lord. And you want leaders around the world who God, for one reason or another, has allowed to become leaders to repent, if that is necessary, to turn their hearts to Christ, to seek the Lord for wisdom. And that's better for people. It's better for the kingdom of God. It's better. It's the way you want it. And, you know, whenever I get up in the morning for this show, we take a look at issues of the day, and we look at them from a Christian perspective, we're living in a, a strange time. You know, I always feel like there's, you know, every time, you know, every every election that I can think of in my lifetime, you know, this is the most important election we've ever had, you know, this, where America's at a crossroads. I think we always say that. And, you know, obviously everything has consequences, but I think that this is just a, a very different time. And, you know, whatever side you're on or whatever opinion you have of some of the things that are in the news, Donald Trump, uh, I don't think surprisingly, but another indictment probably coming. That's uh, Donald Trump announced that today. He is going to get indicted for something related to January 6th, probably. We don't know for sure what that is. I don't know what that's going to be. You know, whatever you think about that, though, it's a bad thing. It's bad if he's completely guilty of something. It's bad if he's not. You know, he's, it's bad if this is political prosecution. It's bad that it's happening, even if something like that were necessary. Uh, you have a current president who 60 percent, polls say, of uh, Americans believe uh, he's guilty of bribery. Uh, that's bad. Whether it's, it's either bad because it's true, he did it, or it's bad because 60% of the people think it's true. And then how does he have any credibility to govern? See, with 60% of the people. We live in a time where there is such confusion and such division. The division is, is enormous. One of the things I thought, I thought this was absurd, but I, it made me laugh for some reason. CNN, CNN was making a move to try to be a little more uh, fair and balanced, to use another term there, but that didn't work, and they fired the CEO, and now they're back to being CNN. 
really, there's not a lot of news for, about the the potential next Trump indictment that's probably coming. But CNN uh, reported that Jack Smith, the prosecutor, went today to get a sandwich and that he was making some kind of statement. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump tries to intimidate. Wait, he was going to Subway is a message for Donald Trump? That's actually <laughs> That's actually what he said. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is watching the news and he watches Jack Smith walk into a subway, not a subway station to take a train somewhere, but, uh, you know, to get a sandwich. Jack Smith going to subway today is a message to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump tries to intimidate people. He tries to bully people. He tries to scare you away. That was Jack Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here. I'm not going to. Yeah, the imagery was uh, was intentional and spoke by <laughs> you're really stretching with this. I don't I don't believe I don't think that Jack Smith is going to Subway to try to intimidate Donald Trump. You know why I think he went to Subway? I think he went there because it was lunchtime and he was hungry. Maybe he doesn't like to pack a lunch. Do you pack a lunch? You know, maybe he, you know, didn't have breakfast. Maybe he's on one of those diets where you don't eat until 11 o'clock or something. Uh, you know, I don't know. But isn't it odd? It's an odd thing. That's the country we're living in, you know. And in response, Donald Trump went to Jersey Mike's and ordered a number 17 Mike's way. I mean, that, that makes no sense, right? But uh, we're living in a world where we we just have to make stuff up before we even know what's going on. And it's pretty rough. President Biden on social media today, uh, you know, more and more often, uh, President Biden is gaining, you know, getting some news because of things he does that are kind of old man-like. Here he is uh, meeting with the leader of Israel today. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and they, uh, and, uh, at the, uh, and Akra and Al-Shram. Yes. And uh, as I uh, affirmed the prime minister... So he's sitting in a chair, if you get the visual of it, and he can, you, you know, he's, this is an 80-year-old man. Okay, just put this in. My dad is 83. Many of you have relatives, you know, who are in their 80s. And I want you to think about them in this job. He's meeting with Isaac Herzog, the president of uh, Israel. And it is uh, uh, a strange meeting. And people are saying, you know, Biden, he didn't seem like he was there today. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they uh... And uh, and, uh, and, uh, as I uh, affirmed the prime minister. See, and I I think in our politics, there are people who just want to be mean and make fun of them. And that's kind of what politics is. It's always been, you know, that way. It doesn't excuse it, but that's, you know, what we do. But this is an old guy who's struggling. See, I'm I'm of the opinion that he's not going to be the nominee of the Democratic Party next year. Uh, and I don't think, you know, I think sometime this fall, probably he announces he's not running. People disagree with me on that, but I'm just looking at him as a guy who's 80, who has good days and bad days. He's at that stage, right? Today, I would say it was a bad day. Sometimes I watch the president and I say, oh, it was a good day today. You know, he seems competent and aware. And, I, but the good day stage doesn't last very long, just when you're, you're watching. I now kind of wonder if he's, uh, not even going to make it through this term. And I'm, I'm not saying that to be mean, or to create some sort of controversy, there's just a reality to that, right? There is a reality that we should be asking some questions there. And even the New York Times, I did some math a while ago. If if President Biden were to get a second term, he would start his second term, he'd be 82 years old. 
And what we're talking about is if he gets a second term, he would be president theoretically. His term would end January 20th of 2029. Do you think he's going to be president in January of 2029? No, I don't, I don't think so. And the New York Times even reported that it's about a 38% chance that he won't even survive that long. I did my own math, and I came up with 25%. But in New York Times, we'll just trust their uh, statisticians maybe more than mine, 38%, uh, that he won't even survive a second term. So that's, that's one of the things I'm thinking is that he's probably not running, that there will be either an announcement. In, and I can understand why he doesn't say, oh, I'm going to – why he's not saying that, because then he becomes a lame duck president and people will just move on to the next guy. And, you know, if you're going to be one term – and this will be a similar case. If Donald Trump actually gets reelected, which is possible, he only gets one term. He's, he gets one more term. He's going to be in a similar situation where he'll be, he'll be Biden's, what Biden's age was when Biden started his term. He'll be that same age. And he seems to be, you know, most people would say, even if you don't agree with him or like him, cognizantly and have a lot more energy than President Biden does. But when you're 80, that can be gone tomorrow. It could be here today, gone tomorrow, no matter who you are. It's just part of it. Um, any rate, he'll only get one term. And second terms for presidents or last terms, which it might be in the case of Joe Biden, they they tend to not be that great or not as good as the, the first term. And so for President Biden, you put that off, that announcement off as long as you can. Uh, people won't pay as much attention. Anyway, I think that's it. But I think that the world also looks at us and sees something there. And bigger than all of this is the division. So there's an organization out there called No Labels, and what they're talking about is running a third-party candidate. And if they run a third-party candidate, they're planning to run a third-party candidate who might be uh, Democrat Joe Manchin. Um, the idea is if it's President, if it is President Trump and President Biden running against each other, then they're going to run a third party. And there's a lot of debate about who that person would draw from. There could be multiple candidates. What if it's what if this is a this is a scenario I think that's real? What if President Biden is the candidate and Democrats say, ah, we don't like it. Maybe a bunch of Democrats decide they're going to go with RFK Jr., who's pulling down 20 percent of the vote. I think he'd pull in some Republicans and he'd pull in some independents. Actually, he could do well. Or they go with Joe Manchin. Now you suddenly have two candidates. What if Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination, but he still doesn't drop out, but he's still running? What if it is Ron DeSantis? Or what if it's Tim Scott or somebody else? And Donald Trump decides, oh, I'm running for, uh, as a third party. There could be five. That, nobody knows where that's going to go, you know, if, if that were to happen. And I don't know if that's good or bad for our country, but being as divided as we are, and this is the reason that you've got to pray for our country, we are the reason is the reason is because the Lord tells us to pray, okay, for our leaders. But one of those reasons that's very clear for us currently is things are a mess. And one of the no labels guys is uh, former Governor Huntsman, uh, who's a Republican, and he was an ambassador, I think, to uh, Japan or, or China or someplace. China, I think, actually, at one point. And he was asked today, what, did the Chinese, what does the Chinese government think about the current divisions in American politics? Governor, put on your ambassador hat for a second. How do China and Russia specifically view the hyperpartisanship in the United States? What's happening here? Oh, I love it. So if you were to look at their internal documents to say, what do they wish upon the people of the United States? The answer would be division pitting American against American, 
taking away any sense of e pluribus unum. Nobody even recognizes or understands what e pluribus unum is today. Out of many words. That's what our rallying cry has always been in this country. So yes, what they want to see in this country other than a failure financially and a failure educationally is for us to be divided and constantly at each other. Because if you could see what I have seen living in Beijing and Moscow, when you look 10,000 miles away at this beautiful country and its beautiful people, when we are together on the big issues of the day, we shine and radiate and we scare the hell out of China, Russia, and everybody else. When we're divided, it's just the And I think he's right about that. I'm not saying I support his movement or all of those kinds of things, but I do think that when one country sees another country as divided and it's an adversary, I w- we would say the same thing. When Iran is divided because they're an adversary of us, we look at that from afar and we go, now's the time to make a move, right? Or now's the time to to manipulate what might be happening there if we have some power there. When we see uh, division happening in other parts of the world, you know, we leverage that to our own benefit. Well, those countries do that to us also. And it's not surprising that China and Russia in particular would be leveraging the division that we have in our country, even trying to stir it up in different ways for their own advantage. I think it's not surprising that we are seeing both of those nations make moves today that upset the uh, the balance of, of the world and I think that what they're looking at is a country that has forgotten in many ways of who we are and where we came from. And that's something I think to pray for, to pray that we can go back, because we, we are so far sometimes to the right or to the left that we become about being the right or the left, and we forgot why we're here in the first place. Does that make sense? We do that in churches. In churches, sometimes we get, and I've been a pastor for 25 years. I grew up in a pastor's home. I can tell you I've seen it multiple times in different ways, we forget. We Somehow we become, instead of being about the kingdom of God and how do we bring the kingdom of God to the community that we're in, how do we make disciples, which is what we're called to do, we become about the lowercase k kingdom of our own church, of look at our church and how great we are and how long we've been here, or we don't want to make changes, even though the culture and the world has changed, we want to keep doing things the way we used to because we were great back then. Or we become even about our own kingdoms. Pastors can become about their own little kingdom that they've got, or people who are in church leadership, or people who self-appoint themselves to church leadership. And sometimes we do that with with doctrinal issues that truthfully are debatable, or truthfully we're, you're not going to resolve them, and we become about that, right? And this is often what divides Christians from each other. There's different things. Same thing happens in a country. We become about whatever small thing or whatever thing we we forget the core of what we are to be. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, when America was, when people first came over here, one of the things going on is that the the countries, particularly of Europe, demanded or determined your religion or your religious persuasion. We still see that in uh, some countries, right? 
um, and in particular, 1500s to 1600s. A little history for you here, right? Time of the Reformation, then it became Protestants versus Catholics. Some made the choice to become Reformed, or they became Lutheran, or later on they would become Baptists, or some nations said, no, we're going to remain Catholic, Spain or Italy, for example. And the states and governments decided and determined what religion that state would be, and then the state ruled that religion also. So the religion and the state were one. They were the same thing. England was a little different, you know, Anglican, Protestant, Catholic, then Elizabeth comes and they make a compromise and for some flexibility. And then King James comes back to Catholicism and uh, caused a lot of strife among English reformers. Most of them wanted a Protestant government. And there were uh, lots of problems that were church divisions that then became government divisions at the same time. And there were different kinds of people who came from it. One group was a group that tried to purify. What they tried to do is impose a biblical morality from within through the government. They were called the Puritans, ultimately. Uh, The other group said, forget you, and they left on a boat. They were the pilgrims, okay? America was already being colonized at that point by the French and and Spain, and the English came for the purpose of freedom, ultimately. A lot of history here with all of this. They had this idea, some of these people who came over, that we could really be a Christian nation in the same sense that you could be that uh, the European nations would determine your faith. Uh, And they wanted a theocracy, a a government ruled by Jesus Christ through the state, okay? Not a republic. They wanted not a democracy. It was a theocracy. So they set it up. Well, it failed, and it failed for a bunch of reasons. But one of the reasons is because they had teenagers, and what happened is the kids did not have the faith of their parents. And the parents, in response to the kids not having their faith, became very legalistic. It even got absurd eventually. That's when you end up with the Salem witch trials and things like that. And the Puritan idea lost credibility. Okay, It was the last group of people to try to have what was called the city of God at one point. And it didn't work. And the reason it didn't work because only Christ could do it. That's the reason it didn't work. Our hope is that Jesus will return and subdue all the bad things. Their hope was that people would be able to set up a perfect society. In other words, we became the hope. Uh, That was their hope, and it was erroneous. It was noble, and it was honest. They meant it, but it left us with something, right? It left us with a Christian biblical perspective that God is outside government, and that government is subservient to God. And that was actually a new a new idea. That was a biblical idea of mankind, that the glory of God in man is as is distinct from nature, that mankind is different from all the other animals, that mankind has rights that were taken from the nature of God, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And there become this idea that the government would be under God, that we'd have a constitution that reflected more like what Moses did on Sinai, rather than saying, we're going to become like Jesus Christ. And it's an amazing thing, the root of our country in the Judeo-Christian ethic and all the fighting that went on in division that ultimately resulted in the idea that our hope is always from the Lord, that we're subservient from the Lord. And as you pray for our country, that's one thing I think that we should go back to realizing is that our, our original government reflected the biblical idea of the fallenness of human beings. We said that absolute power corrupts absolutely. We would not give absolute power to human beings because they are fallen. They're going to make a mistake. We're going to be ruled by law, not by a king. 
we developed a system that checks each other with within the Constitution and no part is sovereign. They're all checked within the Constitution. We would have elections. And if people fail to serve badly, we could put others in their place. That's a, actually a, a biblical notion. There's not a, there's not a Bible chapter that says this is how you do it, but it reflects human nature. And I think we forgot in many ways the, the core of why we are who we are. And we forgot that history has shown us that other forms of government haven't worked so well. It's not to say that ours is perfect. It's not perfect. Read the book of Revelation. We may not even exist. I don't know if the United States is around then. We either don't exist or we're uh, not powerful. We're not relevant to the story or we're the bad guy. We're one of those three. That's the option. Uh, So we're headed there at some point. But we don't know if that point is soon or if it's 500 years from now. In the meantime, pray for our country. Pray for leadership that we would get leaders who unite us, who unite us not around that particular leader, but unite us around the values that actually tell us who we are, that happen to be biblical, that happen to be right. That's what we need to do. I'm going to take a call real quick, and then we got a guest coming up. Uh, Sonia in Ontario, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for your program. You're welcome. Just a couple of seconds here, Sonia. Yes, uh-huh. Question is, I don't know if you can answer that. If the House of Representatives has the power of impeachment, why they haven't impeached Biden, Mallorca, and Garland if they are the most corrupt leaders in history? Well, they have the power of impeachment, but the Senate has the trial, and the Senate's not going to do anything. So, in a sense, it would probably, unless there is incontrovertible proof, which they might have eventually, but they haven't put that out yet. Uh, there's some testimony tomorrow and other stuff. The Senate's not going to go along. So, it's sort of. It, it doesn't happen. Does that make sense? Impeach just means yeah. charged with a crime. So, I mean, one of the reasons you want to pray is that, you know, I would like these issues that are controversial to become crystal clear to everybody on both sides, right? That whatever is actually true, whether people are innocent or guilty, that I would like that to be just super clear. Whenever Nixon was under threat of impeachment, you know, the Republicans for a long time defended him. Um, for two years, two and a half years, that was a scandal. Eventually, though, everybody got it once the tapes came out, right? Eventually, the tapes came out, and then there were 18 and a half minutes of obviously deleted tapes, and everybody knew Nixon had to go. That was a, a good thing to happen because it brought some clarity. We don't have that clarity yeah. between the sides. That would be something to pray for, in, in my view. I got to let you go, yeah. Sonia, though. Good question Thank there. Thank you, Monica. Yeah. Continue praying to be removed this kind of government well, because I'm sick of tired. Thank well, you so much. All right, Sonia. Thanks. And pray for our country. Pray for leaders that uh, don't bring along uh, this kind of thing. Pray that we get, I think you've got to pray that we get back to the core of who we are meant to be, uh, the core of what our nation was founded on, the core of um, who we are, uh, what government should look like uh, under God. All right, I got to take a break. Hey, when we come back, Uh, I have a guest with us, another talk show host to talk about uh, someone who passed away yesterday who has been um, a very impactful and influential Christian in our world. And uh, if you don't know who he is, you'll learn who he is here in just a few moments. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. 
It's great to be with you today, and I've got this question for you, something that we've been thinking about here internally. I'll tell you why in a couple minutes here. Why do you like Christian radio? Why do you listen to Christian radio? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Why do you listen to this station? Why do you listen to Christian radio? What does the Lord do through the ministries that you hear uh, on these stations. I got to tell you that uh, I'm blessed to be a part of it. I'm blessed to be here with you each and every day. I'm blessed by the other ministries that I get to listen to on here. Sometimes people that are local pastors that uh, maybe you wouldn't know about unless you went there. It's funny as a pastor, you when you're a pastor, and this is true, I think, for you if you're in another profession, right? When you go see the competition or you go see uh, somebody else who's doing the same thing you are doing, and it's true with a pastor. You know, you shouldn't view other churches as competition. You don't, okay? But, but it's different, right? And you know, pastors, we can go in other churches and almost immediately figure out what's going wrong, right? What are the what's this pastor struggling with? Oh, I know. Well, you know, when you come and you get to hear different pastors, you begin to see how God is moving differently with different people, and that's one of the great things that radio does. It's one of the great things that you get from Christian radio, and it's it's a blessing. Well, for us here, uh, the KKLA and KPRZ, we are part of the Salem Media Group, and uh, this organization was started uh, a long time ago to bring the gospel through the airwaves to people all across the country. And one of the co-founders of our company, Stuart Epperson, went to be with Jesus yesterday at the age of 86, and he had a passion for making sure that people knew the gospel and knew through radio. He loved Christian radio. In Time Magazine in 2005, he was one of the the top 25 most influential evangelicals in America. And uh, he has um, just had a, a great blessing in his life. And in a minute, we're going to have his son join us. And uh, I think he's with us. Uh, Stu, uh, Stu Epperson Jr., are you with us? <clears throat> Yes, sir. I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? All right. I can hear you. I saw your picture a second ago, and it, it dropped off, so I just wanted to make sure you were still there. Yes, sir. Here I am. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me today, and uh, I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but the, the fact that he's with the kingdom of God I know is bringing you a lot of comfort. He's with Jesus. Yes, sir. He is with the one that we just turned the obituary in. He's with. He's face-to-face with the one he loved, the one he served, and the one he told everybody about. And so I yesterday, early wee hours of the day, really, really Sunday night is when I last you know, spoke to him where coherently he heard me. I said goodbye to my best friend on earth, and he said hello early yesterday morning to his best friend in heaven, Jesus Christ. And so it's really painful for our family right now. We're grateful for all the prayers, but we're praising God for just the time we had with Big Stu. Yeah, Big Stu. Uh, you're the host of uh, Truth Talk Live, and people can find that uh, uh, online. He's also in on radio stations across the country, and you're also on the board of directors of Salem Media Group, so I thank you for being with us. You know, Tell us about your dad and his passion for Christian radio. Well, it started in the old uh, farmhouse back in the 1940s. He was just a little guy, and his brother brought home a kit, a box, just one of those radio stations in a box and put it up in the attic highest point in the house and started broadcasting hmm. and pre- preachers would come by and musicians would come by and pick and grin and play songs and hymns and play the organ. And 
and preach the gospel. <laughs> and he just, he, he saw the impact of that early on. It just created a real, this was in the early, early days of radio. And then my um, uncle Ralph, who got us all going, our real patriarch of our family and radio built from that great experiment with a kit from John Brown university. He went on to build WPAQ, one of the first AM stations in North Carolina, mighty AM 740. Cousin Kelly, his son is still running that station today. And dad was a DJ on that station. He sold time. He kind of did a little bit of everything and just uh, early on, God planted that in his heart. He just kind of was a, a radio, became a radio nerd, a radio fan. And he saw the power of God's word going out. You know, you got one microphone like this show right here. Think about it. You're talking into a microphone, right? Your, your studio doesn't have 2 million people in it. You know, right. That's right. You, you, you couldn't fit them all. You couldn't even have a studio audience in there of a, of a, uh, you know, of a, of a, of a sanctuary, but you're speaking to this microphone and so many people are hearing, be encouraged. You know, I think of Romans 10, 17, one of dad's favorites, faith comes by hearing, hmm. hearing, by the word of God. So early on, God planted his heart. He sowed some wild seeds, uh, got sidetracked a little bit with some bootlegging and up there in the in the sticks in the southwest uh, Virginia. But God got him somehow. He had a choice to make. He either go to uh, go to jail or go to Bob Jones University. And so you can surmise which one he picked were, were Bob Jones. And he, he really put polish on him and taught him really put some professionalism in, in them and speaking and communicating. And they have a great broadcast department there. And that's where he met mom. And that's where he met uncle Ed. They went on to start Salem and that's kind of all she wrote. And just a lot of God winks throughout there of how God just brought these stations, like the one that's broadcasting right now, carrying this interview, God supernaturally worked to open the door for the gospel on this radio station, which would have been potentially a lot bigger moneymaker you know, as a, as a general market station, sports, mm. you know, rock and roll, whatever. And God just put a vision in Uncle Ed and Dad early on to find the best facilities to broadcast the best communicators of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the ministry of Christian radio, I'm even amazed at how many people talk about how they just happen to be flipping through the station and they came across somebody's show, somebody's sermon show or a show like this or a show like yours, and it turned their life around. I'll bet that your dad is meeting some of those people today. I, I have a belief that we, we get to meet some of the people that somehow we had an impact in them spiritually that we didn't even know about. That's in that a, in a beautiful thought. And it's, it's uh, you know, I, you know one, of the, one of my mentors who's in heaven said this to me, goodness, maybe a decade ago. He said, you know, God doesn't let you see all the, the mighty things he's doing through you on earth all the time. Because if he did, our heads would be so big, we wouldn't be able to get through the door. Right? That's right. <laughs> so, so I really, we really thank that. We really are, are just honored at the thought that, that he's meeting some folks. He's hugging some necks of people that just were driving down the road, just like people right now, hear about a God that loves them so much. He sent his only son. Every other deity, every other fake God on this planet is about you got to climb up the ladder to get to me. But one, the one true God, he sent his son to us. He came down, Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrated at Christmas, and he came to save sinners just like me, sinners like, like Big Stu. And so, you know, this is what makes this unique, and this is what makes this worthy of pouring your heart and soul. He, he was in radio, goodness. I mean, if you think about it, like pre-teens, 
like as a little guy, mm-hmm. seven, eight years old. I mean, and he passed at 86, so I'm not a great math guy. I spent more time in the basketball court than in the math class, but I think that that might be like over 78 years or almost 80 years of, of doing this stuff and inspired me to do it. Your show obviously has been impacted, you know, and, and all these great teachers back in the day, someone heard a guy named John MacArthur. They said, man, this guy can, this guy can bail the hay. We got to right. get him on the radio. <laughs> someone figured out, you know, there were cassette tapes back then. And someone said, Hey, let's do a little editing and let's put these, you know, Jay Vernon McGee, Chuck Swindoll. He was in California way back then, you know, now he's in Texas, still preaching the word daily on the radio. James Dobson, who would say frequently, man, I can sit in my studio and touch a whole lot of people and go home to my family and raise a godly seed, Hmm. you know, and be a godly husband and not be on the road every day doing this. And so him and Uncle Ed were among the pioneers, some other godly men early on who, who, who really popularized and mainstreamed as far as Christian radio goes, this Christian talk format, and then putting shows like this on to have conversation, to work it out. And what is it? What is it you believe? Why do you believe that? And it's just so important. And there was no one that could ask questions and catechize like Big Stu. I mean, he would bring them up all the time. And he was on my show a lot as a guest and he would host my show. And he, in you know, challenging me to think, challenged me to not just know why I believe, you know, what I believe, but why I believe it. So it's just neat to see, you know, we're, what a, what a privilege to stand on the shoulders, you know, of such great uh, uh, patriarchs, and a lot of what we see, and this is important for the younger people, you know, us oldie, old, you know, oldie fuddy duds. We know about a lot of these great speakers that are still on the radio, but for some of the uh, younger folks, they they need to know the story behind these these men, some of whom have already gone to glory, and are still R.C. Sproul and others who are, who are Dr. Stanley who passed mm-hmm. recently, but his sermons, the Word of God hasn't passed. That's right. The word of God hasn't changed, and it's still still going out. And the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. And that's really the power that he from heaven would point right to God, to God's word, and to the living word, Jesus Christ. Uncle Ed from earth, you know, talking about the greatness of what God's done through Salem, would point right to Jesus, right to that cross, and right to the power of God's word. And so I'm grateful and honored to be second, third generation, whatever I am, of someone who's just a, a privilege to be a custodian of putting God's word on the air and talking to friends like you and pointing people to the only one that can change their life and rock their world and take them to heaven and bring heaven into their life right now, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's a privilege to be here doing this with you, and I'm grateful for your your dad and the ministry that he had since he was a little kid. Uh, and what a great story that is about how God put that on his heart and and brought it back around. And uh, what a tremendous ministry. Uh, does your dad have a favorite uh, Bible verse? We just have a minute left. Uh, does he have a favorite Bible verse? Well, it's in his obituary. It's Romans 8.1. He loved it. He sang it. He quoted it. He he was memori- He was working on memorizing Romans 8 as he passed. Mom has memorized it and quoting it as a gift to him at the memorial service later this week. And it's Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that is a great verse for radio ministry, too, because so many people out there listening who've lost hope, who've lost direction, that verse, it just matters. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and you come to him by faith. He's there for you today. Well, my my guest is Stu Epperson, Jr. His father is one of the co-founders of this company, Salem Media Group, Stuart uh, Epperson, Sr. Went to be with Jesus uh, yesterday. Thank you for being with me, Stu. Appreciate it very much. 
hey, a privilege to be with you and keep spreading God's word on these airwaves. Uh, Big Stu is 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 and was and always will be a big fan of what you're doing, my brother, and we're grateful for you and for all God's doing through this radio station. Thank you, Stu. God bless you. And uh, can I just pray for you and your family real quick? We would really appreciate that. All right, thank God, you. I thank you for uh, the Epperson family. I thank you for uh, Stu Epperson and the vision that you gave him for this world and, and how it will continue on. We're thankful that he's with you. I pray that you be with the Eppersons as they they grieve their, their the loss of their dad, but also celebrate what you did through him and knowing that they'll be with him again. And uh, for all of us who are blessed because of that vision you gave him, uh, God, we're so grateful to you for what you've done through Stuart Epperson and uh, Salem Media Group and everything that he did. We ask your blessing on the Epperson family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Stu. Thanks for being with me today. All right, you listen to the Pastor Scott Show. Why do you love Christian radio? Why do you listen to this station? I see your call, Sandy, and we'll get to others as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Pastor Scott Show. Why do you listen to Christian radio? How does Christian radio bless you? We're thinking about that because the co-founder of our company, Salem Media Group, uh, Stu Epperson, passed away, went to be with Jesus. He had a heart for it. And, you know, the legacy of Christian radio is a big deal. I know it's a big deal in many of your lives, obviously, in mine and so many others. Why do you listen to Christian radio? Why do you listen to this station? Sandy in Fullerton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. I've been a Christian 15 years, and I discovered Christian music, and I gave up any kind of music. I only listen to Christian songs, and I like to hear the pastors also. On Fridays, when I'm really tired from cleaning this house, I just want to find the newish song with a great beat and great words, and I blast it, and I'm 100% happy, and the tiredness just goes away. It's just like magic. It's so wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So you get encouraged. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's great, because everything is, you know, things are so discouraging now elsewhere. Well, that's that's a wonderful thing. Thank you for calling us, Sandy, and sharing that. Yep. I uh, appreciate that. Why do you like Christian radio? Why do you listen? 888-528-2557. You know, the idea that the things that we do, and I'm, I'm thinking about this. We heard the story in the last segment about how Stu Epperson was putting together a radio station really in his farmhouse in the 40s, and people would come by and play their music, Christians would, and they would give their sermons, and it was something that he saw was obviously powerful and influential. I'm wondering who's doing that today with the new technologies? You know, who is going to be the, you know, radio is always going to be here, but in its various forms, but maybe there is a social media person who, for whatever reason, they're going to realize this is a powerful media, a way to reach people. I, I tend to think that that these things work together, that in the, the world today, you've got radio and television, you've got social media, but you also have the ability to tie all those things together. And you have the ability, in fact, many of you who are listening to uh, the Pastor Scott Show right now, you're, some of you are listening in your cars on the radio. Some of you are listening to an app on your phone. And some of you are listening to the Pastor Scott Show through the app on your phone that's plugged into your car radio. 
And some of you, even today, starting today, are watching online because you can watch it at kkla.com. And hey there, see you there. And uh, you can actually uh, see what's going on here. And some of you replay it on the podcast. And you do this, obviously, not just this show, but you do it with maybe some of your favorite preachers out there. Maybe music's your thing. Maybe you realize that God is doing some amazing things. And I think God takes some people who are really preaching the gospel and who really have the ability to communicate in a special way. Like some people are just very good communicators, right? God has gifted them that way. And the encouragement can go on for many years. How are you encouraged by listening to uh, Christian radio and being a part of that? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. You know, um, I love Christian radio, and I think that every Christian all through the thousands of years since the first um, first person was saved on the cross could never have imagined that at some point you would be able to turn on and hear the greatest Christian minds coming out of a box. Hmm. I mean, it's mind-blowing. To me, Christian radio has been the bullpen of my pitching staff. You know, Hmm. my pastor at my church is my starting pitcher. But I got a whole slew of guys in the bullpen that throw one specialized in a curveball, another one, you know, knuckleball. They all have a slightly different take, but it's so powerful. And then the, the last thing is the kind of show that you're running right now, Scott, creates a family out of all of these different flavors. I mean, we're, mm. you know, we're 51 flavors ice cream in, in Christianity throughout all the world, particularly in Southern California. Right. But when a show comes along like what you're doing that says, look, let's just meet here at the campfire at a certain time of the day and we'll talk about whatever's going on. That is so powerful and so very important. You so know, I pray a hedge is around you 30 feet tall and around your family and that God blesses you richly because you're doing something that very few people can do. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. And you know what? And thanks for listening uh, each day to uh, the Pastor Scott Show and to Christian Radio. I think that he touches on something that is maybe my favorite thing about Christian Radio. I mean, a lot of things. But one of my favorite things is this. Really, you know, when you, you ask how many churches are there in your town, you know, in in greater Los Angeles, how many churches are there? How many churches are in Orange County? How many churches are in San Diego? How many churches are in whatever region you're you're listening to? How many churches are there? You know what? There's thousands, thousands of churches, congregations, you know, that meet in different places. And there's different traditions and, you know, there's different ways of doing church. There's different histories, different people and different, you know, ethos to what might be happening. But how many churches are there really biblically? There's one. There's one church. It's Jesus's church. And I think that Jesus uses our different congregations in our different communities and in different languages or different uh, ways of worship and different things. I, I think that all of that is something that Jesus uses in our different ways of doing the work of the kingdom of God and making disciples. But at the end of the day, we're one church, we're one family. And when we sit down at the wedding feast of the lamb, we're all at the same table. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't, I, you know, as far as you know, what it's going to, you know, what the, what the service order is going to be like, right? Or what those kinds of things that we might differ in how we worship each week together today. 
But one of the things I know is going to be great is that it's you and me and everybody who is a believer in Jesus sitting together, that whatever kinds of things might be dividing us in the the world today, whether they're good things or bad things, there might be reasons that we do things different that are totally the will of God that God wants us to do differently to reach more people. There are some things that, that frankly, we do that divide unnecessarily, and we definitely need to be doing more together. That's one of the things that I hope that we are moving toward as the the church in our in our culture and really the church around the world that we do more things together even though we might meet separately on sunday mornings that there's more mission that we do together there's more things that we do together that we back each other up that's one of my favorite things about christian radio is that it's one church that people listening are coming from all kinds of different backgrounds and different things but hopefully we are able to communicate the things that bring us together which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he's the savior of the world, that our hope is in Christ and our hope is not elsewhere, that our hope is not in our favorite politician or our political party. Our hope is not in Washington. It's not in Sacramento. It's not downtown. Our hope is not even in our country. Our hope ultimately is not, it's not in our pastor or our leaders, you know, or whatever it is that God has done in our own lives. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And one day he is going to return and make everything right and bring everybody together in his church because we're the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's something that we get to do. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you for listening. It is a pleasure to be here. And just as uh, Chris, our last caller, said, it's like family. And your family to me, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to be a part of your family Uh, and that you're part of my family each and every day from 3 to 5 here on the Pastor Scott Show. And now you can actually check us out online. If you go to kkla.com, you can watch the Pastor Scott Show as we we live stream. And uh, once in a while, remember to look at the camera and say hello out there. Everybody, you get the podcast by going to kkla.com or go to wherever you get your favorite, uh, your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, places like that. Pastor Scott Show. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great evening. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com